<laughs> Welcome to Bellwether Friends. Definitely not the first podcast featuring a discussion of pop culture and why we think you should like what we like. I try to get through that faster every time. You should trust us because we're librarians. I'm Anna and I spent all day watching Fast and Furious movies. I'm Aline and I live here, so I too was watching was Fast your and idea. Furious movies. I think it was Renata's idea. Okay, fine. Every couple of weeks we will get together and chat about a pop culture topic or two. Usually one. Because <laughs> we're long-winded. What we think and how we feel. We'll end the show with our current obsessions. Today we have with us an expert from the land of tomorrow. She's coming to us from Japan. The land of the rising sun. The land of the rising sun. She's probably going to set the record for longest distance guest on the show, I'm guessing. I think so, because I think that if we were to try to get to her either direction, it would be about the same. Yeah. So unless a globe. So, we should check on that. Unless someone is on the moon or something, which would be awesome. Keep us posted. Anyway. Your listeners. <laughs> her name is Amanda. She is a librarian and a musicologist. Welcome, Amanda. Hello. Thank you. And sadly, the last man that walked on the moon just died. So Aww. I don't know that that's going to happen for a while. I saw that on Twitter. Yeah. I don't remember his name. I'm confusing it with one of the Twitter friends. So I'm not going to say the name out loud. Uh, everyone just Google that if you want. Space program. Go see Hidden Figures, yes, by the way. This is a good segue. You should go see Hidden Figures if you haven't already. That's Speaking very, of very the space good. program. Yes, NASA. I have not, but that's because we have very limited films and times, and it's 45 minutes away. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Maybe there should be some sort of methods. Maybe. But we won't talk about that on the airwaves. Certainly not. Maybe I'll So what are we discussing today, Anna? Today, we are discussing song covers, as opposed to bed covers, (laughs) or any other covers. Hey, we're a team initial A. Gang we are today again. Yay! <laughs> and the reason that we chose right now is because the Hamilton mixtape came out a few weeks, months ago. Santa brought it to us. Santa brought it to us. It has a lot of covers of things on it. And also we were we enjoyed the covers on Trolls and we have listened to the Sing soundtrack and so we just thought we'd find ourselves an expert and talk about covers (laughs) following hot on the heels of our dear friends the two bossy dames who did a newsletter on covers not too long ago so apologies for overlap and definitely refer to their newsletter on covers because they are brilliant and incisive right unlike us we are rambling and scattershot there are kernels of genius <laughs> we were listening to the hamilton mixtape uh, we listened to it several times now i think i have been enjoying it but i haven't found too many songs on there that i was like yes i'd rather listen to this than hamilton original i don't think i have any songs i'd rather listen to the original then yeah i enjoy it i think it's there's some really interesting mixes it's interesting to hear a different couple of different takes but nothing nothing supersedes the original to me it's an interesting accompaniment. It seems like there was stuff that he couldn't cram into the show, and he was like, great, I can put it in this. I love when Queen Latifah shows up, and I get a Just thrill. Just in general. Every time. Right. I want Queen Latifah to show up in everything. I liked the Wiz Live. 
<laughs> when Queen Latifah showed up. I like it when she shows up in whatever song it is. The satisfied. Oh, satisfied, right? yeah. Satisfied, so when she comes up. In, and I'm, I'm still wondering... Who gets the job done? Who is it who gets the job done? I believe it's immigrants. Oh, right. So that one takes a lot of time for us to listen to if we're not in the same room because we have to high five every time right. they say. Sometimes we run around <laughs> the house. The job we, have to get, we have to get there. <laughs> Jimmy Fallon. Oh, be no. Back. Oh, no. But that brings us to one of the topics that came across my mind when we were talking about covers is... The, the super fan devotion cover mm. genre. There, there's the reinterpretation. There, I mean, we'll talk about all of these things, but just loving something does not mean you should record a version of it. <laughs> <laughs> just because you can does not mean you should. Yeah. So how about you, Amanda? What are your thoughts on the mixtape in general? I like that I can listen to it on shuffle. Um, it doesn't have to be in order. One of my friends was recently listening to Hamilton in a Starbucks and said, it's out of order and I'm so confused, even though he knows it. In that moment that I read that post, I was actually listening to the mixtape on shuffle and I thought, hey, you can do this and this is fine. But it helps that I've listened to the original and I, I don't think it's a standalone album in any way. Yeah, I agree. Um, and again, it's it's interesting, it's fun, but nothing has grabbed me that I'm like, oh, I absolutely have to listen to that over and over again. Agreed. And a couple of them make me want to go to the cast recording and clean up after myself after <laughs> listening to the mixtape. Like, no, 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 I need to hear Leslie sing that. <laughs> Your face when Usher is singing Wait For It, it's very sad. It's very sad. <laughs> <laughs> I do like the Quiet Uptown, Kelly Clarkson. Yes. I think that was, it's good. What was it? Congratulations was interesting to hear by Dessa, track 16. There's... Yes, I was just listening to that this morning. Yeah, stuff that's that's not on the original recording. That, that's really interesting to hear. Like just trying to piece it in. Yeah, parts of the parts of his process that didn't make the final. Yeah, cut and I don't know if I was making a, a playlist or whatever because I have no problem listening to the Hamilton original on random. That's how I originally listened to it. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't like it when it's a bad cut, like when you're listening to Sergeant Pepper. And yeah, that's true. On shuffle, and you, it's flows. They flow together on the album, and when they when they yeah. cut when out, when songs that, are cut in the middle, yeah, especially when they start in the beginning, when they go to do 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 wait do, a minute, do, and then they switch to the other song. <laughs> but Kelly Clarkson is someone I would like to hear sing every song ever recorded. Oh, Kelly, in some way. I don't think we have any, and we Kelly don't have songs her on, on our list. list. <laughs> but she's got a lovely voice and that's my style somebody who can bring melody to something that might not have it what are you saying i'm not saying that about hamilton or about um it's quiet uptown i'm saying that about kelly clarkson does she do i like wrote my way out i like that one too and we're staring at the cd case yeah i'm staring at my list on my phone we have a physical case to stare at so mm-hmm. the packaging is nice and shiny and has their or like silhouettes of the original cast and I like Common and Ingrid Michaelson. Ooh, yes, I like that one. I think Washington's by your side when Wiz Khalifa popped up and I was like, Wiz Khalifa Washington's that that's a typo. And then I started listening to it and I was like, Oh yeah. I see. I saw that completely too. Completely like, spin. Yeah. Spin, that's not a word. Spun. Spun. That's that's a good one. <laughs> yeah. So I think we can recommend the Hamilton mixtape as a, if you haven't listened to it already, as something to listen to after you've already devoured the original cast album of Hamilton and you are left sad 
with the idea that there isn't any more. Isn't there going to be another one? Another mixtape? I believe so. Yes, there is another one in the hopper. So put that on your calendars to look forward to. He's a very busy man. I don't know when that will happen. Maybe it'll be a mashup with Mary Poppins. That would be awesome. Yes. I would listen to that. I am not throwing away my chim chim cheri. That's, that's, no. Okay. <laughs> I'm just I don't go follow the no rules of mashup. Yeah, I don't know what the rules of That's a different episode. Quit trying to take us off track. No, no, it's not, because we're going to talk about Pitch Perfect. Oh, okay. And Becca tells us the rules of mashup. Okay, She describes focus. how it works. Focus. <laughs> we're gonna, okay, so we're going to start with, we're going to ask our musicologist here, what makes a good cover? What is a cover versus a mashup versus sampling? Okay, go. Oh, her versus mashup versus, I got to write this down, mashups. Sampling. All right. So we'll start with the easiest. Sampling is when you take a piece of a music from something and you add it to your thing. So Jack and Diane from whenever that was has been sampled by Jessica Simpson in a terribly I, I know delightful that song. song. I know that song. <laughs> yes, a terribly delightful song, but it does sample it, and you, if you know it, you can hear it. Yep. That definitely gets into copyright, how much is allowed, and if it's been allowed. There's one of the great examples. There's an Egyptian artist who took something, and then Jay-Z took it and did not get the rights to it, and there was a big international copyright oh. dispute over it. Jay-Z... Um is the person his hard knock life song is my favorite sampling of all time that's a great example that and that's a that one's a good i like that one i just whenever i hear things i'm like i hope they got the rights to that but that's librarian musician musicologist it all to go together so i'm calling copyright, <laughs> many copyright i'm like eh, i just don't worry about it but it's in big pimpin is actually a sample of an egyptian a popular egyptian song huh, big believe it or not i was thinking about the tom's diner the Suzanne Vega, Tom's Diner song is sampled yes. and got bigger as a result of the piece that sampled it. And I don't remember the artist. I'm going to look it up and add it because it's cool. And I like Suzanne Vega. Do Does someone... So sampling, you have to pay copyright. Usually, especially if it's going to... if it's Especially if it's recognizable. Right. But yeah, like there's like a certain... I mean, we... This is what we musicologists discuss at many of our meetings is what is sampling? What What is fair use? How much of it can you take without acknowledgement? And why there are many, many court cases right, about, right. about it. But there, so. but so if you're covering something, though, you don't have to. It says this site I pulled up says you if it's been publicly released, you can cover it as long as you don't make substantive changes to the lyrics or melody. And you abide by license requirements. True or false? <laughs> Good question. I'd have to honestly look. Okay. Because because there's nuances, because there's, I mean, for example, with parodies, which are kind of covers and kind of not, Weird Al will always get permission from everybody he writes or performs a parody. He might write the parody and then send it to the original artist and say, what do you think? Can I perform this? He doesn't necessarily, I've heard he doesn't necessarily have to get permission, but he always does. And so no one can come back to him and say, hey, you couldn't have taken that or you shouldn't have been, you can't do that. Yeah, he talked about that when he was on CBS Sunday Morning. It's like a, 
a courtesy thing for him. He's not going to cut your song up without you knowing that it's with love. Yes, and many artists have been flattered that they made it so big that Weird Al will now cover them. I would right. be. Like, it's a compliment to them. Okay, sorry to interrupt you. Moving on no, to matchups. <laughs> <laughs> so matchups are basically when you take a couple of songs that go together in some cool and interesting, hopefully cool and interesting way, and literally mash them up or you might have the lyrics of one and the music of the other or go back and forth and alternate between and I think that's it's particularly interesting because like the meter like you sometimes you put these songs together in ways you would not or other people not me put these songs together in a way you don't expect and it actually can make it really interesting and different pieces of the music will pop out in different ways if it's well done like in Pitch Perfect <laughs> yes the music for Pitch Perfect is a good example. Or the mashup episode of Glee. Indeed. Yes, we will be talking about Glee. Yes, we will. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> feelings. There are feelings. Lots of feelings. Oh, boy. And... I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> and then cover, very generically, is anyone pretty much completely taking the entire song from somebody else and doing it again. It could be done pretty much the exact same way, same instrumentation, same everything. Or it can be taken and turned on its head. It can be put into a completely different genre. It could be done with a female vocalist instead of a male. It could be turned into a duet. And where you fall on the spectrum of what you like, like for me, the ones that are most interesting are the ones that are taken from one genre and put into yeah, another. I agree. And sometimes it's just turning it from a major key to a minor key. And it's like, well, that turns into a completely different song. Um, when an artist just strictly takes the original song and sings it all over again, sometimes it works. There are many, many pop songs in the history of the world that were originally covered by somebody else, but when a, either a more popular artist or a more fitting artist then sang it, then it became a more popular song. Yeah. 99 Luftballons is fun in German, but probably no one would know it if no one if it hadn't been covered, I think, by Save Ferris in English, for example. If anyone covers Bob Dylan, then I automatically like the song better than if Bob Dylan is singing it. <laughs> this is true. There are standards. I was thinking about this as a blues fan, that there are all sorts of standards that have been sung by everybody, and nobody knows who originated them, and they're credited here or there, and there are things that rise to the top of the pantheon of the interpretations, and then there are things that were very obviously ripped from their origins, like Elvis Presley's Hound Dog and repackaged yes. for the white folks. Yes. Was originally, the original artist for that particular song is Willie Mae Big Mama Thornton in 1953, and Elvis only took it three years later. Yeah. And it charted, so her version charted in the Billboard R&B as number one. But he took it for to Hot 100 and the R&B, both number one. So, yeah, that was definitely stealing it and made it a bigger thing for better or for worse. Blue Suede Shoes. He did Blue Suede Shoes, too, that way. He was... Elvis did that with a whole lot of stuff. We won't, get, we won't go down the Elvis path. <laughs> As they say in Greece, get your pelvis far from me. Yes. <laughs> but yes, I do, in fact, have a book in front of me of who did it first, great rhythm and blues cover songs and their original artists as well as who did it first great pop cover songs and their original artists i am glad that you took those to japan with you me too and i want the third one i, re I have these two because i reviewed them for a musical music journal 
And I want the third one just because. What is the third one? <laughs> I don't remember. Oh. I think it's rock and roll. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. So my, my knowledge of Blue Suede Shoes or Hound Dog did not just come out of my head. It came out of the book. Set your sources. Well, I am still impressed because you got your finger on it really fast. <laughs> Luckily, it's all alphabetical. <laughs> if there's anything I know, it's the alphabet. It's the alphabet. A to Z. High fives all around. So I'm going to segue us a little bit into what what we like in covers. Amanda, you already said you like a genre change. Yes. Is there something else you look for? That's my favorite. That's what gets guaranteed. I'm probably going to at least listen to it all the way and be interested in it. I do sometimes like it when they take a bouncy pop song and put it in, make it a ballad and completely changes the meaning of the song, even if it's the instrumentation is very similar and the vocal styles are very similar, but they just slow it down. It basically becomes a brand new song with totally new meaning. I like new instrumentations, even if it's not a complete genre change, just on a new instrument's interesting. Those are some of my favorites. If it's really, if it's just a straight one-to-one, it won't be quite as interesting, but I understand that people will do that. And I do that as a musical artist, keep things pretty similar because I don't I'm, I don't write songs I have to go somewhere right for my music until I get my own composer so I think I'm most likely to like a one-to-one cover when I don't know it's cover in the first place you know yeah. like something Amanda do you have like a, a top pick genre switch that you love a go-to or something I'm not oh well so one of my favorite examples is um hit em up style which is from the 90s Hey ladies, and it's more of an R&B thing, but then Carolina Chocolate Drops took it and made it bluegrass. <laughs> do you have a clip? We do have a clip, here. of a fiddle would improve almost anything <laughs> many things <laughs> and I, I like this one because you it to make it the most interesting you have to have some familiarity with the older version like wow this is interesting and different in the end i mean it's cool with without knowing the original but that is one reason i like it is because i know the original i appreciate the original for what it is and then you take it and put it in a new genre and it's like huh yeah that's I think- fun I think knowing both of them really gives you an advantage. Do you know Hayseed Dixie? I do not. So they are a bluegrass ACDC cover band. Might want to check fuck. them out. If, writing if you down. like that. <laughs> or like Vitamin String Quartet takes lots of pop songs and make them makes them instrumental. So sometimes I play that on, on Sunday. I tend to listen to more softer, sometimes straight up religious music. But if I'm listening to Vitamin String Quartet, it's kind of like I'm listening to that. It's just instrumental. (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) Loophole. Exactly. And that one, because it's subtle, I like that because then you you look at listening to it and you're like, wait, wait, I know this song. I do like that moment where you're like, wait a minute, what song? Oh, that's the song that this is. Yes. In fact, I was in a, a Japanese burger place the other day and I was listening and I realized they were playing the entirety of the Don't Cry For Me Argentina song, like the whole nine minutes, the introduction to that piece. And then when she sings Don't Cry For Me Argentina, like all the way up, I thought it was the whole soundtrack, the cast recording. And then I realized it was Karen Carpenter and it was a Karen Carpenter album. Okay. Wow. And I was like, wait, where am I again? <laughs> what is happening? 
I had that happen at a grungy punk show a hundred years ago when I was in college. I was seeing one of those shows that's for grungy bands that you've not heard of. And I was with friends. And so we were in the back of the room just chatting maniacally and enjoying the music just fine. And then I turned to one of them. The band started playing. And I turned to my friend and I'm like, sounds like the Indigo Girls. (laughs) And it was a, a punk cover of Closer to Fine. And it was a really interesting experience. Who was that by? Uh, Sicko. Right. That'll be on the playlist. It's a favorite. Sicko. (laughs) I like the genre switch, and I like, especially if it's man switching to a female voice or or a female to male voice, or some kind of change there, because sometimes that just changes the whole tenor of a song. (laughs) Do you see what I did there? (laughs) Yes. It is. I want to hear ladies sing dude songs all the time. All day long. All day long. I want to hear ladies reinterpret I don't like if they also switch the pronouns. I find that annoying. Just cover the song if you're covering it. You don't need to change your girl to boy or he to she or whatever okay a good example of that is i want to hold your hand from across the universe she doesn't change it excellent wait we have a clip of that excellent hold on or do we yes we do slows it down nicely yes yes it does that's probably of all the songs from that movie which i love because covers because reimagined stories because lots of things that's probably my favorite song from all of them i really liked that about across the universe and i also liked it about moulin rouge and trolls and sing i like to hear songs even mamma mia put in a different context or put in a narrative context that they weren't originally they are the things that are just pop songs that are yes. then woven into a story and sung with varying levels of skill by the participants <laughs> in the piece of work like rock of ages was terrible but super delightful for all of those reasons right right and so i think that's an awesome thing i was really glad to see you mention across the universe and was made me think of it's Beatles songs. You would love it. Anna just made a I don't know face at me. <laughs> and um, it made me think of Moulin Rouge and then how much we've liked trolls and stuff. We've settled the question of whether we like covers or not. I think we like covers. <laughs> love, love. We are pro covers. Just a few picks of covers that we like better than the original song, which I think is a bold claim. Yes. And I don't think we should count the ones that probably were originals by somebody else, like Hound Dog. But the ones that are definitely, obviously, covers. Yeah, like, I like Respect with Aretha Franklin, which is a cover, but I also think that she has what everyone would agree is the definitive version. She owns it. Exactly. So, so that's a, it's kind of a different thing. Those are, I mean, those are meant to be covers, Yeah. but they're not necessarily, I don't know, it's a different cover, kind of a different cover genre. So let's talk about a few covers that we like that are a little genre switchy things that we had on our list can alternate do you want to go first amanda sure 
I picked two. One was a recent addition to my life, like last week, which is <laughs> Roar by uh, Mako. In it's she's a Japanese artist, and it's not just because I'm in Japan, but it's it takes it's Roar. It doesn't change up the genre a ton, but it does slow it down. The Katy Perry song, yeah, and puts it mostly and, in Japanese. <laughs> yes, it's mostly in Japanese, but then it just becomes because it's slowed down, just a little bit more meaningful and a little bit more from the heart. And I really enjoy it. Yeah, I Here's enjoyed it. So we're sending, we're clipping now. that a lot. How about you, Eileen? What you got? I really like Katie Lang covers The Air That I Breathe by The Hollies and it makes it really, really hot. (laughs) Play it. songs remade in the 80s and 90s that seems to be the sweet spot for me in terms of covers (laughs) do you have one i do i have uh i'm just gonna play it Okay, it's Landslide. Who's singing? The Dixie Chicks covering Fleetwood Mac. Excellent. And uh, I like the original just fine, but I prefer the Dixie Chicks version. I also like the Glee version. Uh, of course you do. <laughs> do we need to have the Glee throwdown or whatever's going to happen now? No, or no, are we going to no. save it till later? No, no, Glee throwdown. <laughs> just checking. It's just going to be the constant mention of Glee. Okay, great. I know Amanda had another one. Yes. Yeah, I've got another one yes. too. Uh, the other favorite that I thought of was um, Shirley Bassey who is a wonderful and amazing diva in her own right, took Pink's Get the Party Started, I believe for some movie or something, and made it basically sound like a James Bond torch song. It's great. I love it. It's so good. Okay, so I'm going to play that clip. My clip did not really get the instrumentation, the very Bond-like instrumentation. There's a hint of it there, but if you listen to the whole thing, it's like, it's a really excellent job. If we didn't make it clear at the outset, there will be an accompanying playlist to this episode. (laughs) And can you imagine being pink and somebody calling up and saying, hey, oh, Shirley Bassey's covering your song. Exactly. (laughs) And please make me a collaborator on that playlist because there's more that I've thought of even while we've been recording this. I'm like, oh, I can write that one down. We will do that. Excellent, we will. What's your second one, Ellen? Oh, my second one. 
is on the list. It's right here. Oh, Band of Gold by Belinda Carlisle. She takes a 60s song and takes it into the 80s and she makes it a little poppier. In the original, it's very, it's almost a lamentation. It is a lamentation. It's a sad song. And it's like a breakup song. And Belinda's sort of like, it's more of a kiss off song. All right. Yeah. Here we go. was also inspiration for one of those times your mother sits you down and has a talk with you about the way of the world. (laughs) (laughs) So I was a teenager in the 80s, and that was when Phil Collins was singing You Can't Hurry Love, and Belinda Carlisle was singing Band of Gold, and Bananarama was singing Venus, and my mom was like, honey, honey, honey. And we listened to the oldie station in the car, so I had heard most of these songs, but every now and then one would come up that I wouldn't realize was a cover or a remake or however you want to characterize it, and my mom was always slightly offended. Yeah. (laughs) When I'd be like, oh my gosh, have you heard this great song, Mom? She'd be like, are you kidding? (laughs) So my second one I didn't actually clip, but it is Wild Horse's the Rolling Stones song covered by the Sundays. And why do you like it? <laughs> why do I like it? I just think it's got a sweet wistfulness, and I just like the way they say wild horses over and over again. <laughs> Good reasons. Good yeah, reasons. right? I just like it that way. So I think those are better than the original. I'd rather hear the Sundays sing anything than the Rolling Stones, probably. Does, yeah, I think that the Rolling Stones and Bob Dylan and Led Zeppelin are folks whose covers well, are whose preferable music... to my ear. Well, yes. But I don't, I, I guess, here's the question. What is, is Hallelujah the most covered song on the planet? Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> you heard it right here from a musicologist. <laughs> Without citing my sources, yes. And I, I kind of, I like that song, but I can go years without hearing it and I'm okay. Yeah, there are more. There are interesting versions. I don't. Ha- I thought of that one at some point, and I don't have like this is my favorite. But I've heard song versions of it that I don't hate, and I've heard some <laughs> like really again, still. And that still? is that was originally Leonard Cohen, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Mm-hmm. But Jeff Buckley has a very famous version, and Katie Lang covered it, and so did everyone else in their dog that I can tell. But somebody did it in one of those animated movies. But did they Shrek. do it on that Glee? Was, was it in uh, Shrek? Right? I don't know, because Tom Waits did some of the Shrek work, too. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's Rufus Rainwright from from Shrek. Okay. I, you didn't answer my question. Did they do it on Glee? Oh, uh, did they do it on Glee? Mm. Yes, it was Rufus, Rufus Rainwright. Well, check. Rufus Shrek. Do, Shrek, do Hallelujah Glee and see what happens. It, they might have done. Remember, I they don't might have... have, but apparently it wasn't memorable. <laughs> it was not. They did. Yeah, it looks like Kurt. Oh, well, no, it might be. It, Kurt. it might be just. Did they do it right Some, after it Corey like Monteith someone died? Did a, yeah, but I don't know if that was a fan doing a YouTube video of okay. Corey clips or something. So, so, yes, probably so. Oh, Hallelujah. Some groups or artists came up a lot as people that were 
getting their source material borrowed. And so I noticed, Amanda, you had a, several Beatles songs, and yes. I have several Simon and Garfunkel songs that I like covered, and I've already mentioned I prefer Bob Dylan to be covered. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, um, Bob. Is there anyone else that you noticed when you were looking that was like, oh, this person has been borrowed from a lot? I think the Beatles, and that's probably because they are so huge and they have so much good material that you can take it and make it interesting. And speaking of Rufus Wainwright, they did, he, Moby, and Sean Lennon, so um, John Lennon's son, did a version of Across the Universe that seems, it sounds fairly standard comparatively, but because it's Sean Lennon, like, it adds this extra depth that, because he doesn't sing, he just plays the guitar on it. I don't, I kind of, I mean, I love Rufus Wainwright sometimes, his voice can bug me, but I like this version because Sean Lennon plays on it. All right, well, Um, we have a clip. Hey! guitar yeah yeah and so it's that adds some meaning to it and i just think that they're just so rich with this musical heritage that everybody knows and so doing a new version it can be easily done um and a lot of people will it'll resonate with a lot of people speaking of the familiarity that you when you have that connection between both versions to to hear it yeah definitely i uh i think we've we've we will gravitate to our to more examples of our favorite covers but first we're going to talk about glee Oh, are we going to talk about Glee Let's now? Let's talk about Glee now. Oh, okay. Glee. I... Glee was a television show. <laughs> Glee was a television show. <laughs> that aired. Created by Ryan Murphy. There you go. Who also did American Horror Story. <laughs> so, Amanda, how do you feel about Glee? I watched all of it. I went into it very optimistically. I was a choir nerd. I, well, I am. Let's put that. I am a choir nerd. I still sing in choirs. I am a musical theater nut. I went in and I love covers, so a lot of reasons to love it. The music was fun most of the time. I think that as a show, it went downhill after about for probably even the second season. They went for musical fun rather than really good storylines. So as far as the music goes, I think it was interesting and fun. I enjoyed some of their mashup episodes where it was all Britney Spears or things like that. As a show, it definitely, by the end, I was watching it just because I put so much time into watching it. I was like, I might as well see this through. I think it was Eileen that had a proposal. The DVDs had an option where you could choose to watch the show or you could choose just to watch the musical numbers. Yeah, (laughs) they needed menu access just to the musical numbers. I only watched the first three seasons, maybe. I... Am not, I didn't make it all the way through, but I loved the musical interpretations and presentations and the approach. And for an interval, it was my only access to pop music. So I would be like, oh, that's kind of interesting. And then I would go Google it and find the original. Well, it's still to this day, we're listening to the radio and you'll be like, oh, I know that song from Glee. <laughs> <laughs> and Anna will shake her head sadly. <laughs> well, there's nothing wrong with that. I like a lot of their interpretations as well. I think I just think it's funny that it's like a really big song and you've never heard it before except on Glee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there were a lot of obscure songs that they found that they covered and then I became aware of them and that was useful. I, I like 
I like watching shows and get it. That's one of the reasons I get introduced to pop music, especially now when as far away as I'm living from the United States to get into pop music, this will TV and the occasional share on Facebook will be, that will be how I get to know what's popular or even exists. So I appreciate that getting introduced to new things. It's awesome. It was good for that for sure. Yeah. And it was, it was, it was fun. It was a fun ride and musically it was very interesting. I think that the voice kind of fills that slot in in that you have people who are covering things and they're releasing the voice versions on iTunes or whatever so then you can buy them. The one that I'm thinking of uh, that I don't have a clip of but that I enjoy is a version of Call Me Maybe by Mackenzie Borg and so it's a gender swap Call Me Maybe and like a like a acoustic guitar version and I have enjoyed it. And also one of my musical obsessions from a few weeks ago, uh, Cassidy Pope, was also a voice track. And so, like, you have people covering these songs and they release them. Like, the, the Glee music was almost more of a big thing than the show. Like, they would release the albums and they were going like hotcakes at the library. We had all of them. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's where, I think that's what's, if you were looking for something like that, something to to watch people perform popular music in an interpretive way the voice would be a good choice oh thank you for that i actually don't watch that so i maybe i will look into that yeah the listener's advisory thanks anna you're welcome (laughs) anytime if you if you check on youtube for you know voice version of x and y you could get a feel for it but since they release like full long versions of the stuff they're performing it's pretty cool yeah, when I've listened to those that you were just talking about, of course, because you play them. <laughs> yes, I do. So we have a, a list of some ones that we like that we want other people to know about. And Amanda's has smoothly worked hers into the conversation. Yes. For the most part. It's way smoother than us. So <laughs> I'm going to say <laughs> I'm going to say that I like a genre switched from from one thing to like a sort of punkier, more metal version. So I've got a couple here. I'm going to start with this one. That would be the Lemonheads covering Mrs. Robinson by Simon and Garfunkel. Yes, I love that. This is Alien Ant Farm covering Smooth Criminal. Ooh, yes. Ah, so soothing. <laughs> I like it a lot. <laughs> I really like that swap to like a higher tempo and more energy and like frenetic. Yeah, that's a thing that I like a lot. Yes, I actually knew that version before I knew the Michael Jackson version. I knew Michael Jackson and I liked him, but I did not know Smooth Criminal until after Alien Ant Farm. I might I might prefer Alien Ant Farm's version. <laughs> it, that's That song is better. I am a Michael Jackson fan and I like that version better. Yeah. For sure. Approved. Stunk. When we were preparing for the episode, Amanda provided us with some information to add these clips, get some of these clips together. And one of the things you mentioned 
was me first in the Gimme Gimme's. Yes. It's so speaking of genre, like making it punkier, they're ska band. And that's probably, as I was thinking about it, one of my first introductions to covers. Um, I remember in the mid nineties, I was, as I mentioned, a musical theater nut. So I was already listening to Phantom of the Opera and lots of musicals. And they did a, a, it's called Me First and the Gimme Gimme's Are the Are a Drag is the album and it's ska versions of Broadway musicals. Those are two of my favorite genres at the time. So having them mashed up and being introduced to covers that way was delightful. And so I have a version, um, and I I didn't share this with you specifically of they do Phantom of the Opera, and it's so much fun. Yeah. When I read your notes on that, I was like, oh my gosh, I have like six of their albums because I have always thought that covers are the highest form of art. (laughs) (laughs) Why bother wasting time writing songs when you can just sing other people's songs? I put one on my clip list because they all, all of their albums are thematic and they have one that is classic pop and I don't remember which one it is, but they sing Who Put the Bump? (laughs) And... Ready? Uh-huh. All right. And they, every single thing that they choose to do, they do Jolene, they do Sloop John B, they do, like Amanda was saying, pieces from Phantom of the Opera and other Broadway musicals. They are really worth checking out if that is something that you think might appeal to you. They do it really, really well. It may be all I listen to the rest of the day. I, yeah, I look Good. for, oh, that's right. It's, it's morning for Amanda. It's true. <laughs> I look forward to learning more about them because I like that song and I have, I mean, I'm for it. Yeah. We can, we can definitely have some dance parties with little G. Yes. Introduce him to those versions of the songs. <laughs> so that when he's with his grandparents, he'll be like, no, no, That's no. That's right. <laughs> Did you have another one in that vein? Oh, you have Iron Man by the Cardigans on right, here. Right, so let's take it the other direction. And <laughs> I also like to have lady voices interpret hard rock and sing in a different tempo. Cardigans. Oh, Black Sabbath. I haven't thought of them <laughs> for a while. Yes. Since so, the 90s, you maybe. You're welcome. <laughs> How about you, Amanda? Well, I think a nice segue is uh, Love Lockdown, which is a Kanye West song taken by this artist. I don't know who she is besides this song. Her name is Janina Gavankar, and she does Love Lockdown, and she does it on xylophone and vocals with some other instruments, but it's this really cool version. I agree. And yeah, I love that one. Here we go. Do the way I want it to. I've been no one new. I got no one new. No one said I'm new. But I got love for you. I'm not loving you the way I want it to. Gotta keep it going. Keep the loving going. Keep it on a roll. Only God knows if I'll be with you. Maybe I'll confuse you too. You too. All right. 
See, that one I'm not familiar with the, the original, so I, I feel like I can't appreciate its amazingness, but I like her voice a lot. And I, you can tell that it was, she just said it was Kanye before, so. <laughs> you can tell it's awesome. I want to play this one without introduction. We, it was just in a, we watched Drive Me Crazy. girls bring in some guitars and take over was it REO Speedwagon yep. yes I think it so was. that's the Donna's cover of keep on loving you we do love the Donna's <laughs> we do love the Donna's and it's not even that their singing is so melodious it's just that when the clip cuts off you have to keep going <laughs> that's how you know that it's good sometimes that happens Let's see do I have more you do have more well I have more in the clip the clip file so we didn't talk about MTV Unplugged, where people are unplugging their own songs, but they also often bring something in. And way back in the early 90s, Nirvana <laughs> did an Unplugged. Does MTV even still do Unplugged? I don't know. Well, people know what it is. And they, Nirvana covered David Bowie's The Man Who Sold the World, which is... I never knew the original because I was not cool enough to be a Bowie fan. I was cool enough to be a Nirvana fan. <laughs> Well, you also are from Seattle. <laughs> right. So, anyway, they're there, and... We have Googled MTV Unplugged, and apparently it's still happening. Last one was 2014 with Miley Cyrus, which is an excellent segue into my Miley Cyrus wrecking ball covered by Haim. segues me into Travis's <laughs> version of Hit Me Baby. Fine, that segues me into Shake It Off. Covered by Megan Train. Tell me again what the haters do. They hate. Oh, okay. It's true. <laughs> 
so I forgot to talk about one earlier when we were talking about not knowing the original. Okay. And this one is a particularly glaring one. Okay. <laughs> so I want you to play it and then I'll talk about it. This one? Yep. Really? Yeah. Okay. So my mom is like 15 minutes too old to be a Stones fan. and Same with my parents. So she, I didn't hear the Stones. I heard the 50s and early 60s on the oldies station. And I didn't pick up the later really cool stuff. And then in the early 80s, I was this sort of little quirky thing who was sometimes casting about for something that nobody else was listening to, which was how I sort of discovered Devo, separate from my friend group. <laughs> and so I was a fan of Devo. And you I still had, are a fan of I Devo. I still am a fan of Devo. I saw Devo, a 30 years later reunion thing that with Devo and two other bands at this brewery outside Seattle um, in 2010. <laughs> so, and they were amazing. But so I really loved this version of <laughs> I can't get no satisfaction, and someone enlightened me at some point. Aline, that's a Rolling Stones song, and I mean I knew who the Rolling Stones were, and then I heard it and I was like, this is not good at all. <laughs> <laughs> and the Devo one is very Devo-y. It's, it's not, super Devo-y. It's not very that. So so that I think that might be my favorite thing about covers is when a group takes a song and they make it totally their own song so it sounds like it was theirs all along. So that is a good example of that. That song yes. sounds like a Devo song just because of <laughs> their weird instrumentation and inflection and the way they sing the words. I, yes, that's the way perfect. they sing words. Just the way they sing the words, like, and I try. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right, Amanda, you have a few left. Do I? I'm going to save one for my musical obsession. Okay, okay. that's fine. That is, so as, as so, far as actual favorites, that's the end of my specific songs. There's a few artists I couldn't pick one. Oh, okay. Oh, good. Go, you can go talk for about it. them if you'd like. Um, so some of my favorite artists are The Baseballs. It's a German, I think, ska, or no, it's more like, it's more like, suddenly I can't remember because I can't listen. Um, so The Baseballs, a German cover band. Oh, Rockabilly. That's the genre I'm looking for. They take popular American music and make it rockabilly and they're German and so I have no idea if they actually know English or not but they're <laughs> super delightful you can't actually get their albums in the states last time I checked um, but you can find them or at least I have been able to find them on YouTube and Pandora we will be checking them out they sound right up my alley so yeah so super fun with the rockabilly style and then another one I like is the Pupini sisters they do they're kind of like the, a modern day Andrews sisters and they do some of those same classics the Andrews sisters would have done but then they also do things like I Will Survive in Andrew's sister's doo-wop style. Very nice. Takes it and just makes it really fun, those tight trios. And some friends and I are putting together a jazz trio right now, and we're going to use them as some inspiration. So we might be doing one of their songs. Recently, and a lot of people are get, finding Scott Bradley's Postmodern Jukebox, which is currently like the definitive group who takes one genre and turns it on its head and does another they usually do some sort of vintage style so they'll take a modern pop song but sing it as if it were a new orleans dirge from the 30s and 40s okay and they make accompanying music videos that have the right sort of dress and musical style so it's it's really interesting 
how they've done that. And Scott Bradley has some good stuff on his own. I had listened to a mashup of Bohemian Rhapsody and Gershwin's Rhapsody in Blue. Perfect. Put together Perfect. on piano. I do like those um, before and after Jeopardy style mashups. I yes, too. and it's basically what this is. Pomplamoose is fun. Um, they do a lot of popular music and they do all the instrumentation. So they cover, they, they lay down a track at a time and then they put together music videos and it shows them playing. It's this woman and her husband. So it's a couple, I think they're married now. They are, yeah. Yeah, so they, they weren't at first, but they are now. And so they, they play all the instruments and they just lay down one track at a time and then put together videos of them doing that. So you see them switching between instruments. And I know they tour live and I have no idea how they do that. So that would be cool Yeah, to that see. would be interesting. Maybe yeah. they just have like a basic track that they, because I've seen, I've seen musicians that do that stuff, play live, and they just like, they will press a button for X song and it will have like the the, the bottom layer or whatever yeah. and then they'll play the rest live but who knows i think they've done yeah. it that way and i think they've also toured with a backup yeah hired a hired, yeah, hired backing bands i okay. i think they're awesome they are the first place i heard telephone and put a ring on it <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> yeah Aline finds pop music the hard way <laughs> <laughs> And then another one that's come up through YouTube, so that's where Pomplamoose got popular is through YouTube, is Carmen with a K, so it's K-A-R-M-I-N. And they've started doing a lot of their own original music too. This is These are Berkeley educated musicians who have taken a lot of like rap and R&B songs. And now that they're also another couple, um, they are married now. And so he usually does the instruments with a little bit of added vocals. And then she does all the vocals, including the rap songs. And she actually raps pretty darn well for... A Berkeley educated white woman. Um, <laughs> and I'm so uh, glad these guys are all making it legal. As a musically educated white woman, I don't think I could rap that well. So it's it makes it really interesting. And I like some of their older stuff more than I like the newer stuff because it's the covers. And I'm not to say I don't like their pop and they wouldn't have been able to come up and done their own music and be as popular as they are without doing the covers on YouTube first. Um, so I like them for that. And she actually, the Mariah Carey Christmas song. All I want for Christmas. All I want for Christmas is you. I I hate that song. I hate any cover I've ever heard of it, except Carmen. I know I know sometimes it's blasphemous to some people, but I do not like that song. That's right. But I like Carmen's. Okay. I heard it and I was like, I don't hate this. Just a couple like last in December, so a few weeks ago. Congratulations. I'm gonna have to Thank hear you. that. Anna loves loves loves. All I want for Christmas is you. That's true, but that's all right. Everyone has different opinions. <laughs> yes, they do. Um. So we talked. I. I don't know. I feel like I talked about it, but maybe I was just thinking really hard about it. The the cover, uh, Labor of Love, an homage. Erasure has an ABBA album that I have one clip from that they have done some accompanying videos that you can see on YouTube that are hilarious and joyful. And it's a little bit of a gender switch, too. pretty true they're not real wildly reinterpreted they are a little more synthy yeah I was because say they they're erasure right. they have erasured them uh yeah but they, it's totally a labor of love that is i don't think it's sold at all <laughs> but i love it i do actually think i also have this album so you're cool with me oh good thank you um and i and that i, I like that as well i don't 
I don't know. I mean, I've I said I love covers. Is this like, where we talk about Ryan Adams covering Taylor Swift? Sure. Did you listen to it? No. Nope. Me neither. Because I like the Taylor Swift album. I don't need to hear Ryan Adams cover it. Right. And we. But I remember there was some. There discourse was a lot about. Of, yes, there was discourse about it when it happened. I don't know. Do you remember what the deal was, Amanda? I do not. This sounds vaguely familiar, but that is the extent of it. Okay, so he covered her the whole album and remade it and made it more palatable for a hipper, whiter, maler audience audience or yeah. something. And you know, it's like, oh, I'm poor Taylor. She needs to be she needs to be helped out like this, which is not true. So I but I think it was done with love and consent. I'm guessing it was done with consent. But I don't know. So, and if y'all, if our listeners have thoughts on yes, tell the us Taylor what that was Ryan about. thing, please explain it I'm to sure us. I'm sure Two Bossy Dames knows what happened. And 140 characters or less, please. Yes, thank you. <laughs> uh, Amanda mentioned an I Will Survive cover, so I'm going to play my favorite I Will Survive cover. Just yes. Still cake. Oh right, cake. Yes. Still cake. I love it. it came up on one of the lists of the best covers. So I spent the last week Googling lists of best covers and I kept coming up with things like from Paste magazine where I had never heard of the original song nor the cover. And yes. then I added eighties into my search string. <laughs> and, <they were> also... <laughs> and the lists were much more satisfying. Um I have a couple more to mention. When Mrs. Friday Next, a.k.a. Margaret Willison, worked with me 10 years ago. We would listen to various things, including her CD of Nouvelle Vague. Love them. Which is like French, I don't even know how to, French, jazzy, beat, upright bass in the corner covers. (laughs) And I don't know if they had originals or not, but it was just, it was the kind of music you wanted in your office. Really? Yeah. (laughs) Like, I so that is their cover of guns of brixton by the clash yes (laughs) and i also have my last one here is a cover of somewhere only we know by keen uh, the cover is by Lily Allen. I uh, I kind of just like that one because it's a little sparklier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I yes. like I like both versions. I would play them one after the other and then go back to the first one. Oh, that's nice. Right. I that's cool if that makes you want to do that just a looping I, yeah, you would probably get tired of it after a little while all <laughs> oh, right yes I mentioned the Nirvana cover of the man who sold the world which makes me want to mention the Tori Amos cover of smells like teen spirit Thank you. 
version. Really? She did this really yes. promptly. And I, in spite of being at the exact right age to be all over Tori Amos, I was living in Seattle <laughs> and listening to a lot of Nirvana. And Yeah, so I, got the, I got the Tori Amos, not Nirvana. Yeah, so. and so I missed the boat on Tori Amos, and I heard this in a store in the 90s and was horrified. And then it totally grew on me because it's really cool, and it sort of fostered a little bit more of the taste for gender swapping. The music is on the radios. <laughs> you can't mention that song without mentioning the Muppets version where Beaker sings it. We have to put that on the playlist. We have to put that on the playlist. It really is awesome. <laughs> the Muppets are another cover artist as of late that have done delightful things. If you like the Muppets and you like covers and you like pop music, oh, thank goodness for YouTube. Right? Yes. YouTube is, is awesome and the source of many of our clips. Yes. yes. I have a few more that you put on here, Ellie, and you may not remember no, them. No, I remember them. They're on the list. I thought I would abandon them, but if you want to share well, them. Well, I want to play this one because. Okay. okay. Oh, Phil. Oh, Phil. So that was the Postal postal Service covering Phil Collins. It was Phil, right? And not yeah. Genesis. Right, no, okay, it was I, Phil. Against I got all odds. Postal Service. I did not get Phil Collins. Right. <laughs> yeah, that was against all odds. So they did a good job postal servicing it. <laughs> yeah, and we don't have a clip. I talked about Led Zeppelin being one of the people I want to hear covers and not hear their songs. And on the singles motion picture soundtrack... The Lovemongers, made up of Anne and Nancy Wilson of Heart, sang The Battle of Evermore, and that's really great. And I'll add that to the playlist because it makes me sing out loud. Oh, okay. Yeah. And well, we can also talk about Dolly Parton's cover of Stairway to Heaven, which is, it, she makes it sound like a gospel song, and uh, like a bluegrassy gospel song, and I appreciate that. Yep. And it makes me want to watch Wayne's World. <laughs> <laughs> We can watch Wayne's World. Anytime. I know. So have we exhausted ourselves? No, we haven't exhausted ourselves. We just have to talk about a few really bad covers. Yes. Now, I know Amanda has one, and I have one also. Okay. Okay, so mine is from Glee. (laughs) And it's Run, Joey, Run, which is a terrible song in the first place. But this is one that I didn't know about this song until I heard it on Glee. And then they did it, and it was still terrible. But it's one of those terribly... So terrible that it's good. We have a clip. Entertaining, but it's bad. All right, here we go. In my car and drove like mad Till I reached Julie's place She ran to me with tear-filled eyes And bruises on her face All at once I saw him there Sneaking up behind me Watch out! Then Julie yelled, he's got a... I'm, I'm glad I... Caught, watch out in my clip. He's got a gun. <laughs> run, Joey. Run, Joey. Run, run, Joey. Run. Yeah. I love story songs. Story songs are great. <laughs> What's your terrible one? My terrible one is from a series of terrible ones by a particular person who was not a singer. <laughs> are you getting back on Jimmy Fallon? I am not. <laughs> That's true. He's not a singer either. But this man is so much not a singer. Oh. That he turned it around and made it into art. So I'm just going to play a little, which is as much as we can handle. 
of Lucy and this guy with diamonds. Towering over your head. Look for the girl with a sun in her eyes. And she's gone. She's gone. I could have done without William Shatner, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't he have a Calypso album? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, yeah, he was famously released several things. And, yes, uh, his spoken word reinterpretations. Now that's the ultimate cover art. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a I don't have a terrible one. That's good. Right, I probably because I love the terrible ones just as much that's as I love true. the They're good all ones. my children. I love them all. <laughs> okay, what else, do we have? Any other thoughts? Um, we didn't talk about Pitch Perfect. Oh, we didn't have. Oh my God. I do like Pitch Perfect. Love Pitch Perfect. And, well, I think we talked about it in mashups a little bit. Yeah. That's true. But I recommend if you like mashups and covers and the... Acapella re- music. The, right. Acapella music, which yes. With is... the whole nother cover genre we didn't discuss, but it is. yay acapella. Oh my gosh. Petra Hayden. We'll talk about her. Um, Why don't you talk about her right now? Well, so she is the daughter of Charlie Hayden. He had triplet daughters and one of them is a singer. And she did an acapella version of Don't Stop Believin' before Glee did. <gasps> and it's beautiful. And she also has an album where she does The Who. Petra Hayden sings The Who. And like Pomplamoose, she does every single part with her voice. So she does the guitar and the bass and everything, and, you know, the drums and the riffing and the vocals. And they're amazing. I'll be sure to add one to the playlist. I was thinking about Pitch Perfect, and I was thinking about Glee and how they introduced me to pop music that I have not yet known and they make it accessible to me and all the other old ladies because they sing it articulately and clearly (laughs) and melodically when sometimes the pop music radio versions are a little bit of a mess (laughs) for an elderly ear. That seems fair. So that I think that's there are things that I like better in the Glee version, and then I find them in the regular version. And Pitch Perfect did that with some of their stuff, too. I think that a bunch of stuff in the riff-off I didn't know at all, for example. Thank you, Pitch Perfect. We Thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, do we have musical obsessions? I'm assuming we do. In, in addition to <laughs> all of the music yes, we've talked all about. All the other things we've talked about. <laughs> Go ahead, Amanda. Mine is in this in it is my favorite cover probably ever, and it's by Katie Thompson, and it's hev- it's her version of Heaven is a Place on Earth. It's an example of where she take a poppy song, which is fun and okay and bubblegummy, but then she turns it into a ballad, and it is one of my turn on play sing along like five or six times and then move on with my day songs. And I just I love it. I think it was on So You Think You Can Dance, which is where I also discover a lot of music. Excellent. I we do have a clip. Here we go. sing so i just i love that version so very much and i need to find i need to find an accompanist who can play that for me so i can perform it 
Perfect. Okay. My musical obsession is from Tegan and Sarah's new album. It's called Faint of Heart. And it will just go with all the other ones that were on our musical obsession playlist. Which is a perfect segue <laughs> to my musical obsession, also from the Tegan and Sarah new album, 100 Times. Or 100X. It's very nice. So, <laughs> so do you have a regular obsession, Amanda? I have two. So I don't want to be this smarmy. Japan, everything, but it's uh, Japan. No. One. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so we moved here three months ago as of yesterday. Wow. Three months yesterday. Congratulations. Three months yesterday. Woo. And we're going to be here for three years. Wow. And I, I love it. I took Japanese in high school, but that was enough years ago that I forgot most of it. And so I'm relearning the language. I'm reteaching myself how to read it. And I'm learning how to shop in Japanese grocery stores and get around town and do fun things that you can only do in Japan, like ride Mario Kart go-karts in Tokyo dressed in costume nice awesome um, we did that on New Year's Eve and it was it broke probably many rules of driving but it was fun and just loving like living it up here in this country in this culture um, you can get around without knowing a lot of the language which is helpful but I want to be able to do even better so that's one of my obsessions is practicing my Japanese every day and getting out and exploring and just Loving it. And then my other obsession is Habitica. It's an app to gamify your to-do list. You get points for doing stuff and you get to earn coins to uh, dress up your avatar and you can join guilds and parties to go on adventures together. And it's helping me keep track of my to-do list and a lot of fun, actually. I'm a great fan of to-do lists and games, so I will certainly be checking it out. I'm really excited that you are having a good time in Japan and that you are taking advantage of it, because I know it can be challenging to relocate because of the military. I'm a Navy child, and so I... Um, and I'm a Navy wife, yay. Yeah, and so high fives all around. I, I know that there are some really built-in challenges to that, and coming at it positively and with love is an awesome way to do it. So congratulations. Thank you. That is, that's the goal. So thank you. What's your obsession, Anna? My obsession is the book Hamster Princess, Harriet the Invincible by Ursula Vernon, which we just finished reading with little G. I'm going to read you a short passage. This is at the beginning of Princess Harriet's life when all the people have gathered for her christening. And her father says, okay, we've got the three fairy godmice. We've got the princess. Am I forgetting something? Did you invite the wicked fairy godmouse? Why would I invite a wicked fairy to our daughter's christening? Because otherwise they do that. Poof. <laughs> I did not receive an invitation. Parenting is hard. The assembled crowd shrank back when the wicked fairy appeared, for it was immediately obvious to all that this was no ordinary fairy, but in fact the wicked rat shade, who had placed third on fairy godmouse today's most wicked list for 11 years running. Rumor had it that she was a bit bitter about her inability to move up the list and had been planning something big. So this is a, one of those kids' books that are mostly text but has a lot of illustrations and like comic pop-out panels that you just read smoothly as you're going through. And Harriet has been cursed to fall asleep when she's 12, and so since she knows that she's going to be cursed when she's 12, she figures out that she's invincible before that curse takes effect. <laughs> So she uses that as an opportunity to do a lot of things like jump off cliffs and fight ogres and stuff. So it was just a fun book to read, and we look forward to reading the next one. How about you, Aline? 
I have a renewed obsession with my crock pot. We had two crock pots and used one of them for a while in the fall and something went south for me in one of the endeavors and that I lost my nerve and switched to the other crock pot a couple weeks ago and had some good split pea soup and had some two weeks late Hoppin' John and I am ready to jump back in with both feet, putting the dried beans in with the stuff and cooking it all day and having food for a week. Yay! Yes, that part's the best part. Isn't it? <laughs> I wanted to mention also, when I was looking at covers and samples and things, I went to whosampled.com, where they have a little game generator called Six Degrees of Music Separation, where if you put in two names... It will tell you how those two artists are connected, like Kevin Bacon. We will put the link on the show page in case anyone wants to try and stump the six degrees of music separation brain. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It only took two degrees to get from from... Jay-Z to Stevie Nicks. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So it was impressive. It was impressive. Okay, we made it to the end of our show. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Twitter at BellwetherFriends, B-E-L-L-W-E-T-H-E-R-F-R-N-D-S. There's a character limit on handles. (laughs) (laughs) And you can find us on Facebook. We're also on Tumblr. We are everywhere you want to be. If you feel the urge, you can look us up on iTunes and leave us a review. Because that's something you can do. (laughs) We don't really care too much about metrics or whatever, but we do like to see people say nice things about us. Sure, you can say nice things about us in any number of formats. We also are on Spotify. You can find a lot of our playlists there, including one for this episode. Right. I'm Anna, and you can find me online at Helgrace, H-E-L-G-A-G-R-A-C-E. I'm Allie, and you can find me on Twitter at Surly Spice, S-U-R-L-Y-S-P-I-C-E. And I'm Amanda, and you can find me on Twitter as Amanda Stretch, that's A-M-A-N-D-A-S-T-R-E-T-C-H. And my blog where I chronicle somewhat delayedly uh, my adventures here in Japan and life at thebookguardian.blogspot.com. All right. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Our in and out music was provided by the lovely Julie Jurgens. You can find her on Twitter at HiMissJulie, H-I-M-I-S-S-J-U-L-I-E. Bye. start over welcome (laughs) oh my god (laughs) this is how it usually goes yes this is always how we start